Today, I really wanted to talk a little bit about what we learn from mothers. I didn't really have a traditional message this morning, uh, being Mother's Day, but I just wanted to exhort you mothers and, and everyone else, uh, kind of what we learn from mothers. I mean, there's so much. This probably could go on forever. Amen. What we learn from our mothers. Uh, but I want to talk about that a little bit this morning and, and show some mothers in the scripture and what they've gone through and what they teach us. Amen. Now, stop me if you've heard this before or seen this before, especially pastor. You like sports like I do. So we, you know, stop me if you've heard this before. You know, a father raises his young son. He takes him to basketball practice and and football practice. He plays with him out in the yard. He corrects him on all the things he's doing wrong. You know, you're throwing the ball this way. You need to throw it that way. He takes him to certain camps. He's there for him all the time. When he's at football practice and he starts crying because he got hit by the other guy, his father lifts him up and says, stop crying. Get back in there. You can do it. You got your pads on or get back on the basketball court. You know, you lost this game. Get back in there. And his father teaches him all this stuff. And the son goes on to be great. He goes on to play for, you know, Ohio State or sorry, you know, Alabama, IU, something like that. And uh, he gets uh, on the team and he's the star of the team and he scores a touchdown or he scores a winning basket and the people are talking about him on TV. Uh, You know, the young man just scored and they go over to him and they show him on the camera and he says, hi, mom. (laughs) After all that, that his father did for him. (laughs) Betrayed his father. No, he did not. (laughs) He knows something that we all know. Your mom's relationship uh, with you really is the glue. It's a foundation, isn't it, Uh, that holds you together. She's more than a nurturer. Your mom is. You know, as you travel the path of life, you form different relationships in your life. Perhaps many of us start our own families and we build our own lives and we grow and we change. And we realize that through it all, there is one foundational relationship that is paramount and has been paramount to our success in life. And that has been the relationship with our mother. Amen. Uh, In Proverbs chapter 31, it talks about a wife. It talks about a woman, but this also describes a mother. Amen. Proverbs chapter 31, beginning at verse 25, the Bible says this, says strength and dignity are her clothing. We're talking now about a mother. She laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. How many know that your mother opens her mouth with wisdom? You didn't think it when you were 15 or when you were 9, maybe even when you were 20, but you come to realize that when your mother opens her mouth, she opens it with wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Be good to people. You know that's not the right thing to do. You can hear your mother now encouraging you. Amen. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Hallelujah. I know that to be a fact. My mother and my wife do not eat the bread of idleness. Always busy. There's always something to do. 
Always something to fix, always something to clean up, always some homework, always something to do. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, you are blessed. And he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman, a mother who fears the Lord is to be praised. How many know a mother that fears the Lord is to be praised? Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise one more time for our mothers. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can't say it enough. We cannot say it enough. We love you, mothers. There are many mothers in the Bible that we could use as an example, many mothers that we could look at their life, break down their life, see what they've gone through. Many mothers have accomplished so many things. I just chose four mothers out of the Bible to sort of briefly, very briefly, just look at their story. The first one is Eve. Eve, the first mother. Genesis 3.20 says, Adam called his wife's name Eve. Why? Because she was the mother of all living. You talk about an ultimate mother. You know, like so many other mothers, Eve found herself in a situation where she definitely, come on, didn't have a handbook. In fact, not like many of you, Eve didn't even have precedent. She couldn't even look to her mother to say, how do I do this? You know, the baby's crying. Uh, what's wrong with him? I mean, do I rock him? Do I change him? Do I change his leaves? Do I give him some more milk? You know, what, what is going on here? <laughs> Eve had no idea. She was thrown into the situation. How many mothers have sometimes felt that way? Even when you have a mother, you know, sometimes your mom isn't available 24 hours, seven days a week for you to call. Your husband's not much help. He's just either asleep or watching the game, you know. And, uh, you know, there you are with this baby, with this child, with these children, not knowing what to do. Eve was the first woman on earth. She was the first wife on earth, and she was, of course, the first mother. She is known as the mother of all living. The thing about it is, out of all of the remarkable accomplishments, come on, mothers, you can relate to this now sometimes. Out of all of the remarkable accomplishments that could be accredited to Eve, most of them are overlooked. You know what we remember Eve for? Listening to the serpent and giving fruit to her husband. That's what we remember Eve for. We're talking about the mother of all living. The mother who didn't have a handbook on how to raise kids. We're talking about a mother whose son killed her other son. Come on now. We're talking about a mother who not only lost a child to death, but it was at the hands of her other son. But we remember her for listening to the serpent. 
was a great woman. Eve was a person who was a companion to Adam. She was a helper. She was the one who would complete him and share equally in his responsibilities over all of creation. She too was made in God's image. And she displayed the characteristics of God. You see, together, only Adam and Eve could fulfill God's purpose in continuing relationship. It wasn't just Adam. It took Adam and Eve. It took a mother. You see, Eve knew the heartache of losing a child after her son Cain killed her brother Abel. And then she had another son, Seth. And then it was thought that Seth is the ancestry of Jesus Christ. So she's not only the mother of all living, but she is the great, 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 the great, 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 great grandmother to the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. But we remember her for listening to a serpent. We learn from Eve that women share in God's image. That there are feminine qualities to the character of God. God's purpose for creation could not be fulfilled without equal participation of mankind and womankind. Just like we learn from Adam's life, Eve also teaches us that God wants us to freely choose and obey Him. Simply out of love. You think about a mother, a mother who has a child. I know I've thought about this often, I've shared this before, but I think about what could a child do to deserve the love of a mother. When a child is born, like Chloe's young child, five weeks old, almost died, in fact, he did die. What could that small child do to deserve that kind of love that a mother would give him? There's nothing he could do. He can't even speak yet to say, I love you. He can't buy a card or candy for his mother. In fact, he can't even truly obey her. He doesn't know how to yet, not at five weeks old. All he knows how to do is eat, sleep, And do another thing. (laughs) Yet a mother loves a child with unconditional love. You know what a mother does for us? I'll tell you the greatest thing that I feel like a mother does for us. Especially speaking as a boy, but I know as as all children, uh, you know, both boys and girls, sons and daughters. A mother really covers us. You know, there's a scripture, isn't there, that says perfect love casts away fear. Perfect love casts away all fear. And it also says that love, speaking of the love of the Lord, covers a multitude of sins. I would dare to say that a mother's love also casts away fear, the fear of of their children. And a mother's love covers 
a multitude of sin. There are many things that we do, folks, that people never know because our mother covered us. You know, how about at school when you messed up a little bit in class? You were talking in class and the teacher got on to you and the teacher was so frustrated with you and called your mother and your mother said, well, you know, maybe we can work with him. You know, he's not really that bad. And the teacher's going, well, you haven't seen him in class. <laughs> but your mother covers you. What about Hannah? Many people don't know who Hannah was. Hannah was the mother of Samuel. Hannah was a woman that wanted a child so bad, she couldn't have children. In fact, the Bible says that she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord. She wept in anguish. And then she made a vow and she said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a child, a male child, I will then give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. Hannah was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice if the Lord would simply give her a child. Samuel 1 verses 27 and 28 say this. They say, for this child I prayed, says Hannah, and the Lord granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord and they worship the Lord there. You see, God answered Hannah's prayer. She conceived Samuel. She fulfilled her vow to the Lord. And Samuel was taken to the temple and was entrusted to the priests. Now, because of her obedience, Samuel became the most famous prophet in Israel's history. Because of one mother's obedience. And not only because of her obedience, but because of her great sacrifice. What mother would want to give up her child after going through what she went through? She wept in anguish. And then she went through nine months of her body changing. I don't have to tell you. I wouldn't begin to understand what that's like. But after going through that and delivering, she gave what she was in anguish for back to the Lord. This is what mothers do for us. They sacrifice. What about Sarah? She was Sarai, and then the Lord changed her name to Sarah. Bible says in Genesis chapter 21, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he promised. What was that? He gave her a child. The Lord gave her a child. It proved doubly distressing for her because of the fact that she couldn't have children because God had promised her husband Abraham that he would be the father of the Jewish nation. And here she is, she can't have children. What kind of anguish was she in? And after waiting many years, Sarah conceived to Abraham and had Israel. Come on. 
Abraham was the father of Israel. But what she had was the birth of a nation. The mother of nations. Sarah was the ultimate mother. What do we learn from her? We learn from Sarah that waiting for God to act in our lives, come on, may be the hardest task that we ever face. It is also true that we can come dissatisfied when God's solution does not match our expectations. A mother teaches us that. Sarah's life teaches us that when we feel doubtful and afraid, we should remember what God said to Abraham in Genesis 18. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I can't tell you how many times I've heard my mother say that. And I wanted a different answer. (laughs) But she would say, is anything too hard for God? Or she would tell me to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Or she would tell me if it had not been for the Lord on her side, where would she be? She passed those things on to me. The Lord used Sarah's life to unfold an extraordinary plan. Rather than taking matters into our own hands, Sarah teaches us, we must remember her story, saints. Her story reminds us of a time That waiting may be God's precise plan. She's the mother of a nation of God's people because she had to wait. She's a mother that taught us many things. And then finally, what about Mary? Mary, the mother of Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verses 33 to 35 says this. And Joseph and his mother, they marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Talking about Jesus. Then Simeon, who was the priest, blessed him. Blessed them and said, Mary, said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. And for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword. How would you like to be a mother to hear this from the priest? A sword will pierce through your own soul also. That the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Listen, you talk about what a mother does for us. A mother sacrifices for her children. A mother sacrifices. I want to take you to a time where there was a mother, this mother, Mary, who had this child out of wedlock, but she cared for the baby. The baby grew under much scrutiny. She even lost the child once, maybe more than once, once that we know of. And had to go back for him. She, she scolded him. She raised him. She loved him. She nurtured him. And then when he was grown, it was revealed to her over time what his purpose was. Let me take you back to a time. And think about 
yourself in that situation of Mary. Now, she didn't know the whole plan when she had Jesus. All she, the angel told her that you are going to have the Messiah, the Savior of the world. That's good news. He didn't tell her about the cross. When he was born, little tiny hands and feet made, especially made for nail and hammer, mother. And then when the fullness of time had come, she watched her son being beaten, spit upon dragged, talked about, bleeding, and crucified on a cross, knowing that she could not intervene. Why? Because this is the way it had to be. Now, she knew that this was the Lord Jesus Christ. She knew that this was 100% deity and 100% flesh, but still, Come on, mothers. Still, she had him. He was in her womb, her own flesh and blood, her own DNA, now on a cross. What can mothers teach us? Mothers, give us a sense of the ultimate sacrifice for their children. Like Mary, your mother and my mother have made great sacrifices. In fact, the ultimate sacrifice. You know, Jesus once said, there is no greater love than someone to lay down their life for a friend. Do you know that mothers have done that every day of their life? Up until they release you to the world and then some. They sacrifice what they want for you. If there's not enough food to eat, guess what? The children eat first. If there's not enough to drink, guess what? The children drink first. If there's a new outfit that she wants, but her son needs some shoes, guess who goes to the store? Her son gets the shoes. A mother gives us a sense of the ultimate sacrifice. And on top of that, I want to tell you something. As much as we try and we do acknowledge mothers, it is really, if you think about it, a pretty thankless job. It really is. It's not that it doesn't go without any accolades at all. I mean, we have Mother's Day. We're honoring mothers today. But what about the other 364 days of the year that she washes clothes, that she does the dishes, that she cleans up after her family, and no one even knows that she did that? She gets no accolades for that. Most of the time, she doesn't even get a thank you because most of the time, no one even knew that she did it because she's not in it for the thank yous. She's not in it for the accolades. She's not in it for the pat on the back. Why then is a mother in it? 
She is in it 100% for you. So you want to talk about who's like Jesus? Well, I don't know. Maybe Billy Graham. Maybe Oral Roberts. Maybe T.D. Jakes. Kenneth Copeland. Who's like Jesus? Who's the person that we can look at to say, that person is the most like Jesus? I will tell you that for most of you sitting here today, that person who is most like Jesus has been in your house since you were born. That person who is most like Jesus is your mother. Your mother has sacrificed like Jesus sacrificed for you. Your mother gave you up. Your mother gave herself up for you, just like Jesus did for you. And so this morning, there's only so much we can do for you mothers. It's kind of like saying, I love you to the Lord. It's from our heart. But it just seems like it doesn't quite measure up to what he deserves. And so for all of us children here today, we would say to you, mom, that all that we have, we say we love you. Although it doesn't feel like it measures up to what you deserve. And so for all the times that you pick up after us, for all the times we were supposed to do the dishes and you did them, For all the times that we were talking in class and you had to go talk to the teacher for us and smooth things over. Come on. For all the times that we messed up and you corrected it for us. For all the times that we, you told us to do one thing and we did another. (laughs) For all the times that you could have said, I told you so and didn't. You simply said, I love you. For all of those times, we say this morning, thank you and we love you. Give the Lord some praise for the mothers here this morning.